You're listening to Berlin Psychoanalytic Podcast. In this episode, we are joined by Dr. Alexander Dmitrievich reviewing attachment theory. One strange thing in the development of psychology and psychoanalysis over the first half of the 20th century is basically no one was ever focused on the issue of love. Parental, romantic, patriotic, whatever. No one dealt with it. Psychoanalysts thought, following Freud, that love develops after someone cares for you long enough and then your drives are satisfied and then you connect this person to the pleasure of the drive satisfaction and then you start caring about that person. Behaviorists thought that love was a consequence of reinforcement. But no one ever thought this was a phenomenon of its own. It was John Bowlby, most probably around the year 1950, already a disappointed psychoanalyst in London, who started writing books trying to show parents around the globe that loving your kids is essentially important, important for their development. Initially, Bowlby was hired by the United Nations to write a book about maternal care. And this book was translated into all possible languages and hopefully led parents towards treating their kids with more tenderness and more attention and more focus. By the late 1950s, Bowlby had published several papers on separation anxiety, for instance, which made him persona non grata in the world of British psychoanalysis. And then he wrote his magnum opus, Attachment, three volumes that were published between 1969 and 1983, in which he introduced what he believed was another form of object relations theory. He believed he was still a psychoanalyst in his clinical work, where until the end of his life he had clients, used the couch, and so on and so on, and in his theoretical thinking, where he wanted to develop a psychoanalytic theory based on observable behavior and closer to natural sciences. Bowlby was hugely inspired by experiments done in the US by Harry Harlow, by the work of etologists, scientists who observe animals in their natural habitats, and various other people outside of psychoanalysis. The conclusion he came up with was that Freud was wrong in his idea that the basic motivation for humans was sexuality. Observing behavior in nature and trying to think in a Darwinian fashion, Bowlby started thinking that the basic motivation for humans was security. In a dangerous world of a jungle or a cave or African plains, it was more important to be safe and secure and provide security for the next generation than to be somehow driven by sexuality. The basic phenomenon of attachment behavior in Bowlby's opinion is what he used to call secure base. If you look 
at mothers and small children, infants or toddlers, anywhere in any park in the world. You will see the child play and then if something happens, there's pain, there's anxiety, there's fear, the child will most probably start crying, run to the mother, after a couple of minutes, probably be soothed, and then once calmed down, will return to play. These are, in Bowlby's opinion, two basic functions of a mother as a secure base. She should provide comfort when you're anxious, and she should inspire you to continue with your exploration of the external world. So these two basic things, comfort and exploration, are what makes something or someone a secure base, and whenever there is secure base, we are talking about an attachment relationship. Being a psychoanalyst, Bowlby thought that secure base, after a certain time, becomes a part of your personality. What your mother or other caregivers are doing for you will become internalized and will become the basis for the expectations you have of probably all social relationships in future. If, for instance, whenever you cry, your parents run and they're there the very next second, after a certain time, you will build up expectations that whenever you show a sign of discomfort, other people will run and do whatever they can for you. These so-called internal working models are some sort of a psychoanalytic object relations theory just described in other words and probably placed on another level, not that deep in the unconscious as, for instance, theories by Winnicott and Faber. Few people in the history of science were as lucky with their choice of a research assistant as Bowlby was. In the mid-1960s, he hired Mary Ainsworth, whose husband was a diplomat in London. She had a PhD in Rorschach, but somehow they started collaborating. In 1978, Ainsworth published a book on attachment patterns. In Baltimore, where she later moved, she had devised an experimental technique for testing the secure base. This is the famous strange situation test, which can show us how children react to being separated from the mother, how they react to mother's return, and so on and so on, which makes it possible to place every child into one Initially, they thought out of three attachment patterns, and then the fourth one was introduced in 1988. And what is very important about patterns, studies, empirical psychological studies in the, in the field of developmental psychology started in the 1980s. And we now know that if you diagnose, so to say, the child to belong to one of these four groups at the age of 12 months, you can make very solid, quite robust predictions about what will happen with this child in terms of intelligence test achievement, school achievement, possible violent behavior, mental health problems, delinquence, and so on and so on. This somehow shows 
that the importance of the first year of life is immense and that this is probably the most important period in our lives. What the interaction between parents and the child looks like in the first year of child's life will to a large extent determine what will happen later on. This is probably one of the most important reasons that attachment research has become something like a wildfire in the world of psychology and recently has been more and more accepted in the world of psychoanalysis. There are many studies about attachment patterns and attachment behavior in children. There are studies about attachment in adults, specifically parents, and how can they help their children grow better, about romantic attachment, more recently about attachment to larger groups in terms of corporations or nations, attachment in terms of how you relate to God or your favorite poet and so on and so on, attachment in clinical samples, in prisons, among juvenile delinquents and so on and so on. The phenomenon of attachment is present in all human relationships, in all that we value most highly in our lives. And for that reason, I assume the research will only grow in the years to come. Thank you for listening. For more content, subscribe to our podcast or find us on our YouTube channel. Psychoanalysis should be free.